1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 5, 6 Episode 6 Hello Everybody doing good, hopefully So in episode 6 We're going to be talking a little bit about Connections with great people How when you connect with great people And people that like to help out other people and really do it only with the purpose of that other person benefiting, not themselves. We're going to talk a little bit about trolls, trolls, trolls. I just can't get over it, how people are so fucking stupid and how they like to troll people that they would never be. Like, not even in their wildest dreams they can be. Like uh, those people that they troll and uh, they use as targets to release their whatever anger or miserable life that they have. <clears throat> I'm going to do a little bit of the UFC 214 recap because it was a super badass event and kept me on my feet for three hours. Because we were going to play, I was going to play with the Black Hat Saints at the Tilted Kilt. And we had to wait until quarter after 10 to start playing. And we got there at 7 o'clock. So I guess we'll talk about it. And uh, the most important fights, only the fights on the, on the main card. The pay-per-view ones. I'm going to talk about, a little bit about jiu-jitsu. What happened this weekend with the continuation? I think it's the World's Masters Tournament. Um, and we're going to talk about a super, a local superstar in the world of MMA. So to begin with, uh, I was talking about uh, connections and when uh, the connections that you make with the right right people. I think I mentioned this on the first episode, on the intro episode, that once I met uh, Sal Spinelli, who was my guest on Friday, um, and I took vocal lessons for, from him, my life changed drastically in every single sense, uh, as a musician, as a as a singer, as a guitar player, as a person, as a husband, as a friend, as a brother. It, this guy really, really, really changed my life. And I am so grateful to have met him and then to have made all the connections that I have made through him that it just keeps getting better and better. I mean, this guy is amazing. He's, he's an amazing musician. Fucking pipes for days, shreds like nobody. He's the nicest guy. Married to a hot chick. Dude is fucking perfect. Sal Spinelli. I love you, brother. Um, and Sal Spinelli just opened the doors for me. Besides on the on the musical side, um, with my yoga classes, he introduced me to Mr. Charles Dale at Icon sports alliance and i started teaching there then through charles i met mr tyler k 
um, who brought me a couple of uh, motocross champions here for to take yoga classes, and we've gotten like super close. He comes to my gigs. I run into him at Icon when I go and train or give classes there, and it's just like an instant brotherhood. He, that guy is such an amazing person. Um, and I get to meet these two cats, uh, Mitchell and Sean, and uh, to see like through the eyes of these kids. These kids are barely out of high school, if they are, and they are ruling the world in their sports, being champions, living their dream. It's, it's so insane to have... Um, the contact with those uh, kind of people. And then now, through Sal, he brings Mr. Chad Lewis and uh, Rodrigo Gortari that are excellent jiu-jitsu players from the Carson Gracie team. Um, and I've had just a few sessions with them, with, with, with Chad, just one with, with Rodrigo. And it's just amazing. You can see the human quality of these cats immediately, and I am insanely grateful and blessed to have met them through my buddy Sal Spinelli my boyfriend back off Brennan Kilpatrick okay so now we go to my most beloved en enemies the internet trolls the keyboard warriors who of course are having the fucking week already with uh, Daniel Cormier's uh, meme or the meme created with the Daniel Cormier's um, crying face after UFC 214 and I'm, I'm going to try to tie these two because right there when they show Daniel crying is when Joe Rogan interviewed him and Joe Rogan you know create uh, issued an apology and I'll, I'll touch base with that in just a few minutes but the trolling of these guys that sacrifice so much in their life like people don't have the idea of how extremely hard it is to be a fighter whether it's a boxer or an MMA fighter to go and to be able to perform in the biggest platform platform of the sport which is the UFC it's insane what those guys have to go through not only physically but mentally the time they have to spend away from their families the all the things that they sacrifice because they really don't have regular lives like people that are not fighters for example you know like these guys put two three four training sessions a day putting their body through the ringer and then they go and perform. And it's not only that they're performing, but it's their dream. They hold that dream so close to their heart, to their soul, that they're going to win. And then in a blink of an eye, lights out. And your dream just vanished like that. And especially for DC this time that I think he was probably winning the fight. Or I think that first round, if it would have, gone to a decision maybe they give it to the champion you know and then we'll have like the trilogy of uh of jones and and dc but man when john caught him with that kick it was it was over and daniel is tough as shit he took some fucking bombs down on the floor but 
man a little bit a little bit too much um but nonetheless uh fucking stud dc super fucking champ a lot of people don't give him credit because he won the the belt when jones was suspended but he still had to beat tough guys he didn't fight like failures he fought Gustafsson and he bought he fought Rumble twice and Rumble hits like a fucking airplane so DC is the shit DC is the man and uh, hopefully we'll get to see him I don't know when he's gonna do what weight he will jump if he jumps back to heavyweight I'm pretty sure John's gonna be a heavyweight soon John Jones is a heavyweight, turns into a heavyweight soon, and he fucking runs that division too. He's so fucking talented, it's crazy. So, um, yeah, people are having so much fun with that. They say it's the new Crying Jordan meme, or like the new version of it, the improved version for it. And what I think is fucked up is that Jordan meme I think it is, it's a picture of him when he was given his Hall of, uh, um, the Hall of Fame speech. So these weren't tears of defeat or of deception and just like your world crumbling before your eyes. These were just tears of, you know, nostalgia for the game that represented everything in his life and he was fucking able to achieve the biggest accolades six times uh championship six time mb mvp final um yeah mvp finals mvp and i don't i don't know like jordan's stats but how many times probably like i don't know i can't even remember how many seasons he played but almost every year he was an all-star so these are different tiers. These are tiers of a guy that's standing there, and even though he was, he looked so lost because he was so confused. He got fucked up bad. Um, I couldn't even hear what he was telling uh, Joe Rogan because we're at the Tilted Kilt and it was super loud and everybody was just being assholes like, yeah, cry now, you fucking pussy, cry now. And I'm like, yeah, get in there and survive not survive eight rounds of not getting fucked up with DC from uh, by John Jones, right? So uh, I couldn't hear what he was saying. But then, so I think that's the fucked up part, that there are different tiers and what they represent. Like the Jordan memes, they're always doing like funny stuff. But now with the DC, at least for me, it's not going to be funny because that's a guy that, you know, it's... Uh, role model he's an amazing father an amazing teammate hard ass hard working guy and i just don't think he deserves that kind of shit but you know in these these this day and age uh, with anybody behind a, a fucking phone or a keyboard or whatever they just go and blast on anybody especially if they are successful people because daniel cormier is a super successful man he has he was the Strikeforce uh, heavyweight champion, and he was the UFC legit light heavyweight champion. So 
that guy also represented the United States in wrestling. So, suck it, trolls. Fuck you, haters. Some, uh, I think Joe Rogan caught a little bit of hate also because um, I remember after the Alistair Overeem knockout when he got just put to sleep by Stipe Miocic, um, he was talking to Overeem and Overeem didn't even remember getting knocked out or anything. He was just telling him something like, he tapped out, Joe, he tapped out. He thought that w when he knocked down Stipe and Stipe uh, got up, he caught him like on a guillotine, but Stipe didn't tap. And that was like the last memory that he had from the fight. And he was saying, he was telling Joe Rogan, he tapped, Joe, he tapped. So Rogan said right there and then after that, too, uh, the, after that UFC event, I am not going to interview fighters that get knocked out cold. And he kind of like broke his promise, if that was a promise or his statement, and really like found himself with the mic in front of DC and asking him questions and DC saying whatever he said, I haven't been able to, to listen to the audio. Um, but he issued an apology because a lot of, some people at least were upset about him doing the, the interview and he was explaining today on his on his podcast that he was even like so confused because the end of of the fight was just so chaotic the way it was so violent how he kicked him in the head and then just pounded on him when uh, when DC hit the fence and and went down that he he was just like living kind of like the heat of the moment there was just like an electric ad atmosphere in the arena and he turns around and he says that as he was asking him the question he was kind of like asking himself like what the fuck are you doing don't do this but it was too late so um even super beloved joe rogan got some hate uh for that or probably you know being the guy that he is, he went out there and owned it and issued an apology because he had said, and he stated, he states that every time he can on his podcast and whenever he's talking about it, it's like, I don't want to interview guys after they get knocked out cold because I go to ask him something and those guys don't even know what the fuck just happened or where they are. So, well, Joe Rogan got it too. Now, the recap of that UFC 214. Let's start with uh, Cowboy and Robbie Lawler. Three rounds went to a decision. This fight, I think, was going to be a main event on uh, 2, was it 212 or 213? And something happened to the Cowboy couldn't make it. I think it was the first time he couldn't make a fight. And they rescheduled for 2000 for 214, and Robbie Lawler took the decision, unanimous decision. It wasn't even a split decision. It was unanimous. And when they said unanimous, I thought Cabo had won because I think the second round was super obvious that he won. The first round was 100% Robbie. But on the third one, 
Robbie kind of had a flurry towards the end, but I think Cowboy dominated the round in and out. And he, but well, the decision went to, to Robbie Lawler. Then Women's Featherweight Championship. No surprise when finally Cyborg claimed the belt of the UFC. And she looks unstoppable. She look, She is just different. Different in so many ways. She is so aggressive. And so freaking powerful. And she's supposed to fight. Now she's open to fight Holly. Or Kat Zingano. And I think those will be the only... Girls that can fight her right now, and of course Megan, Megan, uh, Megan, the Australian chick, uh, Invicta champion, who was gonna fight her, but something happened to Megan. I think it was a medical condition, and she had to withdraw from the from the fight. And then they give the fight to to Miss Evinger, who tweeted today, "Well, um, I was a total pussy last night. I'm so disappointed." And I'm like, dude, if I'm in front of Chris Cyborg, I will turn into a pussy. I'll just start running around that octagon so she doesn't hit me because if she does, with one shot, I'm going down. Even if she doesn't knock me out, I'll just play fucking knocked out. Cyborg is here, and I think she's here to stay for a long, long time. Interest, interesting matchups with Holly and Kat because uh, this other chick... Uh, Jermaine random in she at least Evanger stepped up and took a beating but Jermaine didn't want shit to do with that she doesn't want to fight cyborg so bad that she just literally gave the belt away she's like all right strip me from my title uh, I'm not fighting that that chick I'm not getting all fucked up she was scared and you know what, to tell you the truth, I don't think she even deserved that belt because on that fight against Holly Holm, she gave Holly some hard couple of shots after the bell had rung and totally, totally on purpose. You can tell she had no fucking intention of trying to stop those those punches. And she rocked her good. And after that, you know, I'm not going to say Holly wasn't the same, but... Maybe she wasn't the same, and they gave up. They gave the decision to Jermaine, but so she got scared and gave the belt away. And Tanya Avenger came in. She hung in there for almost th three rounds, but yeah, Cyborg just hunted her down and finished her. Then we went to the sleeper of the night, the co-main event with uh, Woodley and Maya for the welterweight. Uh, belt and I thought the fight was going to be a little bit more active totally even I, th I thought that even Damien was going to try to push the strike in a little bit so he can set up his takedown but Tyrone wasn't having none of that shit he stuffed I think 22 takedowns in that fight that's probably a record especially in championship fights, 20-plus takedowns from Damian Maya, the master of jiu-jitsu. Um, and she just didn't have it. And 
Tyrone kind of like did an attack. It seems like he was a little bit too shy to engage. So that's um, three fights in a row that even though he wins, it's not like very satisfying. Dana White and Tyrone have had a little beef for a while with Tyrone always complaining about racism and that he's the only champion that gets treated like that, maybe because he's black and blah, blah, blah. And Dana now is saying like, well, you come and you don't fucking fight. Uh, you didn't throw punches. Apparently the the championship fight with the lowest uh, strikes uh, thrown. And that's adding both. So that means that Damien's imp- uh, output wasn't big either. And yeah, he was trying very, very hard with those takedowns, but he didn't get not a single one. And Tyrone knocked him down. But of course he didn't jump on his guard. Because fuck that right. Who wants to be on Damien Maya's guard. Nobody. So Damien even called him down. And Tyrone said no boy. Get up. I'm not going there. And then it was pretty much the same. The five rounds. A lot of taunting. Damien trying to take him down. Tyrone never took the chance of trying to catch Damien. On his knees. That's how scared that guy is. He was of getting trapped and submitted. Because every time Damien attempted uh, a takedown. Tyrone will stuff it and start running out. He didn't want anything to do with Damien having a hold or a grip of one of his legs or his, or his, or his uh, feet. He was running away every time. So he didn't even risk standing in front of him while he was on his knees and try to punch him because he's like if he grabs me I'm done it's going to be too hard to to break a, a submission attempt by this guy Damian Maia is so fucking good so on one side I kind of understand that was it. it's kind of like the the smart way to win not not flashy or anything, and of course didn't finish him. But yeah, you get caught by a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy like Damian Maya, and that's it. Night, night. So Woodley takes the title. It's his third title defense. And now, I don't know who's going to fight. Probably Robbie again. Yeah, he'll probably have to fight Robbie again because there's no one else at 170. And GSP is going to fight Bispin, which fucking blows. That's just like the stupidest fight that the UFC could ever make. I think Bisping should fight Whitaker, but I think Whitaker got injured in that fight against Romero. And now he's going to fight Bispin. That's just fucking ridiculous. But anyway. And of course, main event, John John Jones against DC. Brutal KO. TKO by John Jones with that kick to the head. And then finishing DC with a ground and pound. And I think DC was doing great in that fight. 
like that first round maybe it was the very close and you know like I said if it would have gone to the distance probably the judges would have given given that round to to DC give it to the champion and then we have the third round of trilogy trilogy but John Jones didn't want any of that he was so so fucking timing that kick it was so fucking perfect he was timing it and DC was doing great in that second round he was fucking making fun of John and nodding at him like no boy that shit don't hurt and John kept coming and DC was like what are you doing and he got a couple of combos very good combos both in the first and the second round and that second round I thought John was going to start to break down because DC got like this super big air of confidence. And in the third round, out of fucking nowhere, Chaka clang, shin to the side of the head. And man, Daniel was so fucking dizzy. It was brutal, brutal, brutal KO. Now Jones is a champion again. He's not lost the fight. He's the best motherfucker to ever step in the octagon. Um, he called out Brock Lesnar to come out and fight. That probably sells a lot, but I don't know. It was a freak show. And um, now I think DC probably retires and just stays at Fox and working with the UFC and doing other shit on the side. Because he can't keep fighting just number one contenders and then not fight John again because John beat him twice already. That's not like, that's I think one thing he said on the interview. That's not a rivalry. That's a like an ass whoop and something like that. And so if I, the only thing would be that if Kane retires because he's been so injured and can't fight at that prime level that he was when when he beat Brock and defended the title against um, when he came back and beat JDS two times in a row after JDS knocked him out I don't think if Kane can get to that point he, he'd stayed fighting so probably if Kane moves out of the way then maybe DC jumps back to heavyweight and challenges for for the belt and he can easily fucking win it and then the thing would be, if Jones moves up to to heavyweight, would they do that third fight? Because we're talking about a difference here where, where Daniel Cormier doesn't have to cut weight. He doesn't have to put his body through that. And I think he can engage a little bit more on his wrestling because he would be so much bigger and heavier. But who who knows if they would do that. But I think John cleans that division again. Rumble apparently wants to come back just to fight him. But I, I don't think those guys can can beat him. Manuan just got knocked out. Maybe that Russian guy, or I don't, I don't know if he's Russian or Croatian, the guy that just knocked, down, knocked out uh, Jimmy Manuan, he probably needs like a couple more fights to get up there. Gustafsson 
maybe is the guy that can give John the biggest, biggest trouble. But now I think that after this fight and John turning a little bit because I really wasn't expecting the uh, comments and all the respect and the love that, that he gave DC after the fight. I was hoping for it, but I really wasn't expecting it. Um, and John, man, he said he thanked Cormier for being such a motivator, for being such a great rival, for being such a great uh, father, a great husband, a great teammate, a great man. He's like, I aspire to be more like that man. So I really think that John turned that corner of being little bad boy and getting all high and doing stupid shit. And if he does, I think there's no one that can fucking stop him. He can be light heavyweight and heavyweight championship champion at the same time and go up and down easily and beat motherfuckers left and right. I don't doubt that he is. One bad dude. Just stay out there. Yeah, yo. Now we move into our local MMA superstar. The one and only. The owner of the H-Bomb. Mr. Dan Henderson is going to fucking fight again. So fuck yeah. He's going to fight at Ryzen. Against fucking Sakuraba. That fight is going to be intense. They're going to fucking swing for the fences from the moment they go out. That's going to be pretty, pretty fucking sweet. Very, very badass fight. I can't wait. Uh, Dan was actually there on Saturday while the UFC was going on. He was there promoting the fight. And I'm pretty sure... Whenever I go to teach over there at Hendo's, I'll see him, as usual, working fucking hard as he always does. Sparring and grappling all fucking day long training. If you don't have a fucking clue what work ethic is, go and watch Dan Henderson train. And Dan Henderson is like 185 years old. When Dan Henderson gets up, from a chair you can tell that even his fucking breath hurts but that shit does not stop him when he goes and train and he he really pours it man he trains with the best guys amazing striking coach his wrestling is fucking olympic status and he owns that h-bomb baby he can put you to sleep all day with just one shot so that's always interesting to see, but no, for real. Dan Henderson and all those guys down there work so fucking much. And uh, Dan, now that he's like on the uh, out, the outings of the end of his career, he still keeps, now I think he's taken the role of mentor with a, a couple of great fighters he has down there, like uh, Smiling Sam Alvey. I think Sam is a welterweight. 185 round, I think, middleweight, middleweight, and um, who else does he have down there, Ashley Yoder, Ashley was actually on the tough season 3082, that was uh, all girls, 
and Ashley's fought a couple of times in the UFC already. There's also, I think Christine is her name. She's fighting in Invicta. And there's a couple of guys there. And there's a champion from another organization that fights there. I think he fights at 155. And he just won the championship a couple of months ago. But I can't remember his name. So Hendo's back. Hendo's back. Who knows how many fights he's going to do at Ryzen. I didn't have, didn't check the article where they were talking about it. But I'm pretty, I don't know if he signed like um, a one fight contract or something like that. Or he's going to go and fight a little bit more. Let's ask our friend Google. Sakuraba. October 15. Oh, and it's going to be a grappling match. Holy shit. In a grappling match in October. So we won't see an H bomb. It's a grappling rules contest scheduled for October 15 at the Rising Show in Fukuoka, Japan. The Henderson Sakuraba, oh, it's an exhibition match, was announced during the Rising Fighter World Grand Prix 2017. First round event in Saitama on Sunday, and Sakuraba later celebrated the booking with a shot of himself and Henderson on Instagram. Oh, the dude is funny. So he shook Dan Henderson's hand, and as Dan shook his hand, he just threw himself on the floor and held his arm as if Dan was kind of like fucking breaking him and shit. I think they call Sakuraba the Gracie Killer. I Somebody told me today that that was the, the year... The, his his nickname, Gracie Killer. Okay, so handles back even for a little bit, even for grappling. We'll get to see Hendo in action. Now I'm gonna talk about the Jiu-Jitsu Masters. So, like I mentioned before, thanks to Sal Spinelli, I get to give yoga classes now to two extremely nice men and hard, hard working jiu-jitsu guys, uh, champ, champs both. They just champed uh, this weekend. And Chad Lewis and Rodrigo uh, Gortari. And those two gentlemen, together with Alex Sheff from Carlson Gracie team, won. They all uh, uh, won first place, I guess, a gold medal. Uh, their championship, their their category, their weight, and put uh, Gracie. Uh, let me see. Put uh, yeah. Put, 
They put the Carlson Gracie team on third place in the Masters. And that is nothing but sweet. There's a bunch of killers there. If you guys ever think about trying a new sport, get into some different level of fitness with a different approach, or if you want to bring your kids into the worlds of uh, martial arts, take them to jiu-jitsu. It is fucking insane. It is so badass. And it will teach them a lot. Not only the physical part of the jiu-jitsu, but the mental part and the spiritual part. Those guys are so calm. They're so focused. They're not bad people. When you walk into a, a place that it's only about the teaching of the martial arts, you can notice that. And when you walk in there, nobody's sizing you up. Nobody's looking you up and down like, oh, I can take that bitch out. Nothing like that. It's just respect. Respect and humbleness. Man, those people are so humble. <laughs> When you take a peek at their tra at their training over there at Carlson Gracie and, and Marietta, right next to Icon, that's that's the air that you breathe there, man. There's spirit, there's a competition spirit, but there's also that knowledge that the the masters have. Everybody is just chugging, 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 chugging info all the time by the great teachers there, and they're amazing people, and I am. Extremely lucky to have those two champs uh, coming here, taking classes and just sharing life experiences with me. Thanks to Sal Spinelli. And I also wanted to touch a little bit on the local academies. I think three of the best academies we have here in the in the area of Marietta and Temecula. We have Gracie Team over there in Marietta. Gracie Team just opened a location in wine country. And you're going to have the best coaches fucking ever. Just when you go to the Marietta and Temecula, you have Tom Cronin, who, if you guys didn't know, is a superhero. The guy is a superhuman. And uh, he is the master trainer there, the master instructor. Then we go down to... Hendo's gym at Dan Henderson's Team Quest gym, and we have Ricardo or Pancho Panchito Feliciano teaching there. He's a black belt. He teaches uh, Hendo, and Checkmat has Checkmat team has a has their guys trained there at at Henderson, and they just opened Tenth Planet not too long ago. Tenth Planet, you know, is the the chain from master eddie bravo and they have as a master instructor here uh drew murillo and like i'm telling you if you really want to try a, a different fitness approach that's not only going to get you physically fit but mentally fit and tough and humble it's jiu-jitsu so get a little bit of that especially because we have the best guys around here
So to close episode says, since I titled it Trolls, and I think I think episode dos, I touched on trolls and tu- and especially on people like LeBron James, Ronda Rousey, and Kim Kardashian, which I think they are the most trolls, besides of course the orange cunt precedent. Um, trolls are just so despicable but at the end of the day they don't deserve our time they don't deserve our attention our thoughts or anything they can keep being shitty you keep being great you keep being you keep loving love people around you be good to people around you be good to yourself love yourself love 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 is all we need peace out guys see you soon Even though I won't see you.